Hi, this is Parker Bone III, and you are listening to the Above180.com podcast with Joey Serrar and Tim Berg. Now is the time to reinforce your bowling arsenal, and BowlerX.com is the online leader in price, service, and selection. With free insured shipping on every item we carry, including a complete line of pro shop supplies, as well as balls, bags, shoes, accessories, and more. Also check out the large selection of closeout and discontinued items at a fraction of their original cost. BowlerX.com, your online bowling superstore and proud sponsor of Above180.com. BowlerX.com, your online bowling equipment superstore, presents the Above180.com podcast. Tim Berg and Joey Serrar are ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, from Washington, D.C., and the Bowler's Pro Shop in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here are your hosts, Tim Berg and Joey Serrar. Joining us now on the Above180.com podcast is Dwayne Hagen. Dwayne is the USBC Open Championships Tournament Manager. Dwayne, thanks for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's a great opportunity. Thanks. Well, Dwayne, figured we'd, we'd take the opportunity to chat with you for a few minutes as the uh, USBC gets ready to crank up and get things rolling here. The kickoff is set for, uh, as we record this, we're, we're nine days out, or eight days out, rather. Uh, so why don't you just talk about really what you, what you guys have been doing in, in your final preparations for the USBC Open t- uh, kickoff in Reno? Well, we, we've chewed off quite a bit uh, to try to accomplish this year with uh, doing a number of new things, such as putting the Bowler's Journal right here uh, uh, within the National Bowling Stadium. Uh, we've kind of built ourselves a, a whole little 10-lane center off to the side at the high end, and uh, I think it's going to be sort of a special place to go. And then, of course, we're working with the showcase lanes downstairs as well, something that the bowling stadium here has uh, done as an improvement for the bowlers, and we'll have some some new activities down there. And just trying to give the whole place a fresh new look for the bowlers as they come in and uh, a lot of new options of things for them to do to give them an exciting time while they're here in Reno. I have a question for you. Does the your duties as tournament manager, does that come with a prescription of Zoloft? Well, you know, I've been in this industry since 1979, so I've, I've always loved bowlers, and I think that, uh, you know, is bowlers come to bowl to have a good time, and unless I screw that up, it's a pretty easy job, and I just hope I don't screw it up too much. So I, it's yeah, never really bothered me. Right. I mean, obviously, I'm saying that in jest. And, and as well as the tournament is planned, and I'm sure there's many hours and hours of coordination that goes into it, uh, there's always surprises and things that come up that you don't expect that need attention and addressing. And my guess is most of that responsibility falls on your shoulders. Yeah, but it sure keeps things from being boring that way. So I, I actually take it as a fun challenge and, and look forward to, to seeing if I can turn any sort of uh, situation around and build positive. Right. So so is there anything new that the bowlers can expect, you know, other than the Bowlers Journal tournament uh, being housed in the same building, uh, but any other changes that uh, maybe are different from previous years, such as different check-in procedures or, or some new venues that are available uh, anything new that you can tell us to kind of give us some pre-tournament excitement? Well, I think actually probably the most exciting change we're making is the fact that we are going to fresh oil every squad. And I, I think that's probably been out there for a little while, but that's not only going to change the aspect of 
fresh oil every squad, which we feel that will make it a more equal playing field for the all the all the participants. But it changes the structure of the tournament itself in that we now have gone from seven squads a day to five, uh, and we've also gone from uh, four people on a pair to six for the doubles and singles, and no flipping of lanes for doubles and singles. So those are all uh, changes that will impact the tournament in ways that we hope will be very beneficial for the bowlers' experience, but we really don't know the consequences of them yet. So we're all looking forward to the fact that we hope they'll be positive. They're in response to bowler demand for having a little slower pace on doubles and singles, uh, for having fresh oil in a fair playing field. So I think that's probably one of the biggest changes we're going to see this year, and hopefully one that the bowlers will all find uh, uh, refreshing and exciting. Right. You know, I, I personally think a slightly slower pace in doubles and singles could be beneficial, uh, especially for the, the crowd, let, let's say the 40 or 50 and over crowd, because, you know, typically the pace is so quick the way it's been in the past. I mean, if, if you're not locked in or in a zone, I mean, it's really easy to kind of, you know, push yourself and stress a little bit and struggle where when you have a little time to think a little bit and maybe analyze what you're doing, it, it, I think it may help in the long run for most bowlers. Yeah, I think, and, and certainly those that are, are not of the uh, uber-competitive variety, they, they want to have a little time to, to socialize with their, uh, with their teammates or, or maybe help their son out or help the teammates that aren't getting lined up as well. I think it'll give it a little bit more opportunity for that to happen and, and just have a, a, an overall better experience. Well, and I know one of the things that's new this year that is uh, as as you uh, j part of Joe's question was the at the uh, Bowlers Journal Championship. You guys are going to be that the pattern that's going to be folks are going to be bowling on there is going to be the doubles and singles pattern. So it'll be something where you'll get to uh, try out on, on the high end of the house. You'll be able to bowl on the uh, your doubles and singles pair uh, on the pattern rather before uh, before you actually bowl on it for the uh, your USBC Open scores. Sure, and, and that is actually reflective of what might be one of our second biggest changes, and that is for the first time in history we're going to have two different patterns, one pattern for the team event and one pattern for doubles and singles. And the team event will be on the showcase lanes downstairs uh, where there will be an opportunity for practice and coaching sessions prior to your team event. And then, of course, the Bowler's Journal will feature, as you mentioned, the doubles and singles pattern, which uh, will be a perfect opportunity to get tuned up uh, over there and know what to expect for your uh, your minors events. Uh, well, the, the only question I have is uh, regarding the, the patterns. Uh, a good friend of ours, Eric Pearson, I believe will be the man in charge of helping to develop these two patterns. And I believe he was uh, helping coordinate the patterns for the Masters tournament out in New Jersey the last few days. But he will be arriving in Reno shortly. Uh, Again, is that a process that's going to change from years past, or will you know locals come in to help test the pattern to you know uh, try and create the, the fairest, most equitable pattern available? Yeah, the process uh, will happen as it has in the past. Uh, Gus from Kegel and Eric, uh, who's one of the USBC employees, obviously, will. We're actually out here almost all of last week, and we we did much of the same process that you're talking about. Um, we put out a variety of different patterns. We actually had uh, the what was uh, the Nevada Classic Bowlers Association. We had one of the top stretch leagues here in Reno Bowl one evening on uh, some of the patterns that Eric and Gus had had in mind to put out. Um, I think they uh, got it uh, to pretty much where they want it. Um, 
Eric's going to take uh, one really final look when he uh, gets back here on Tuesday. And uh, from there, we'll obviously do our uh, kickoff show, as we did last year, uh, scheduled for Thursday of next week uh, in the afternoon. Well, and, and so without, the process, yeah, pretty much the same. Yeah, and without getting too deep into detail, have you have you guys settled on a length, or would you like to? Can you uh, uh, kind of break a little news here on above 180? Can you at least kind of tell us uh, the the general length or what you guys are thinking this year for the patterns? We're very close to deciding with that the doubles and singles pattern will likely be shorter than the team pattern. I don't know whether Eric is exactly honed in on the on the on the length to the point that I, I think I can say anything. So. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think the the doubles and singles pattern is looking to be a little shorter than the uh, the, the team pattern. And some, uh, likely some uh, differences in uh, drop brush or, or whatever. But uh, as far as the exact pattern, I really don't have that to divulge at this time. So, Dwayne, do you have any personal feelings of if this new procedure of, of fresh patterns Will favor teams that are, let's say, skilled or talented in lane carving, in other words, trying to create the best shot possible through practice and, and early play? Or is this going to kind of open up the, the field to those who aren't good at lane carving and those who just make good shots? Or, or again, do we have to, to wait for time to tell? I think we have to wait for time to tell, but I think that at least this will allow people to utilize whatever level of knowledge they have. And with the system the way it was before, I'm not sure that was the case. You were sometime at the mercy often of what you followed and what was carved out before you. And so I think at least this way, if my team that might not be, say, as great as Jeff Riggle's team carves them out a little wrong, well, maybe we, maybe we at least can blame ourselves or look at ourselves in the mirror and say, well, we could have, should have done that. On the other hand, we're also trying to offer many opportunities between the coaching downstairs with Matt McNeil, there's coaching upstairs with Mike Jazz now, there's um, an opportunity to participate on the pattern and, and develop your own strategy through practice sessions down or through using the Bowler's Journal to give people an opportunity to maybe have a better idea of how they want to attack the lanes and then be able to go out and do it and not be at the mercy of what they inherited. Well, and uh, Dwayne, you mentioned that there's uh, you went from seven to five squads. So could you just walk everyone through uh, what your what the new squads are for everyone that's going to be bowling in Reno this year? Sure. There's still a 7 a.m. squad, which there was before. Then the next doubles and singles squad that will follow the 7 a.m. doubles and singles will be the 11 a.m. squad. And then at 3 p.m. is the first of the team squads. And then at 7 p.m. is the second of the team squads. And then the final doubles and singles squad should go off around 10.30 in the evening. Um, as we feel, we'll be able to pick up some time with the two team squads back-to-back. Um, and we also wanted to sort of move the two team squads back into what we considered the prime time of the day and the prime time of the tournament. And uh, I know that in, in, in past history, you know, the two team squads were back to back, but there wasn't a re-oil in between. And, and that led to some situations. We think obviously with the fresh oil, every squad, we've dealt with that. Any of those past, uh, uh, 1030 being the better squad type of thing, or, and we'll have a, a great center part of the day to bring, uh, the majors to the forefront. Uh, I have a question regarding, uh, the, the team element here. Uh, we had just interviewed, uh, Jim Sturm, 
And he had mentioned yeah. that only about 5 or 10% of sanctioned leagues incorporate five-person teams. Has the USBC or or you in general just given it any thought to possibly opening up the tournament to four-person team event and, uh, you know, in other words, eliminate that odd man out with a five-man team for pairing up doubles and singles? It's a topic of frequent discussion. Um, obviously, in our case, we've had pretty good success with this format in, in recent years and with the tournament growing to numbers of, you know, 16,000, 17,000 teams. And then even now, you know, they say, well, we only had 12 last year. Well, only 12 was pretty dang high for the, you know, most of the history of the tournament. Um, and it's still 60,000 some bowlers. So it's kind of hard to really want to tweak something too terribly much that maybe isn't broken. And secondly, it, it, there is a, a fairly significant number of our teams that do come at least with two, and so therefore the, it's really 10 people and it's not really odd men out. Um, so, yeah, it has been a topic of discussion, but I, I think for the foreseeable future, we're pretty happy with the fives. Dwayne, want to thank you again for joining us today. Uh, all the best again. Everyone hope to see everyone out at the USBC Open. Watch the kickoff show. It's set for the 28th of, uh, of February at 4 o'clock Eastern time. But, uh, Dwayne, all the best of luck with the, uh, with the tournament. Oh, one, one quick final thing. Uh, can you divulge uh, the uh, approximate number of teams you have signed up ready this year for Reno? We have about 10,500 teams. Excellent. And for Tim Berg, Joe Serrar, Dwayne Hagen. Good luck and good bowling.